This episode is brought to you by All Influence Management. We are a creator-first influencer agency that knows your audience's trust is your first priority. So our first priority is giving you your time back so that you can focus on creating. Whether you are a multi-hyphenate with multiple streams of income or just want to outsource your partnership management, our team will take over the start to finish of inbox management, contracting, negotiation, invoicing, and ensuring you get rebooked by your brand partners again and again. If you are a creator with over 50K on Instagram, head to allinfluencemgmt.com listed in the show notes to fill out a form and jump on a call with our team to determine if it's a good fit. Welcome to Brand Meet Creator Podcast with me, Harley Jordan, and Sonia Elise. A place where we pull back the curtain and the trashy filters on the influencer marketing industry. So pull up a chair and grab a notebook. It's time to shed some light on the ever-changing Instaverse. Welcome back to another episode of Brand Meet Creator. We have a very special guest here today, Megan, who is an all-influence client and also a very good friend of mine. So you know the drill. We need to start off with a segment of if you like it, like it. Megan, what are you liking on the internet right now? Um, Not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Literally nothing. <laughs> I Yeah, like I feel like I was having this issue the other day when I was like, oh, I need to like start getting back on my like reel and TikTok game again. And I was like, what's trending? I had no idea because I've just been trying to be so much more mindful of my consumption that I'm like, not just, I don't know. I'm not in the know right now. <laughs> you know what? I I honestly love that because I think that throughout this burnout stage that I've been in lately, I have had to really pull back and like not look at what's trending, not look at anything. I don't want to do trending audio. I want to do something that relates to me so that I can actually have creativity. Mm -hmm. Well, if you like it, like it. We have an amazing guest today on Brand Meet Creator. We have Megan, who is a viral creator on TikTok and Instagram. I know she's rolling her eyes at me, Um, but she has brought in mega views with these (laughs) hysterical gym gym reels, TikTok reel, whatever. You get my point. (laughs) What, what are they called again? I do do this for a living. Um, with her husband, all about couples in the gym, all about female versus male things in the gym, about pre-workout poops. Like you've really entered the the deep depths of what you joke about online. So here's where I want to start. Like, how did you even how did you even decide to jump onto social media? Ooh. So I, I mean, I've had it like ever since everyone else has, like I got Facebook as soon as I was able to get Facebook, Instagram, you know, like, yeah. So I've had it for a long time and, um, I think it just kind of started like the content I have now, like started by me just sharing my own process and journey. And I really didn't even realize that's like what I was doing, I guess, Um, but yeah, I just like, it started with me like meeting my husband and then like, he's the one that got me in the gym. And then like, I just, I got super excited and into that. So that was like a lot of what I was posting. And it was just like, it was a personal page at that point still. Right. Like I didn't think of myself as, I don't even think content creators was like a, like a thing people called themselves Uh at that point. 
yeah, so I was just like sharing my journey and like, unbeknownst to me, kind of like building this like authority and trust with my audience along the way over the course of like years. And then when I finally became a fitness coach, it transitioned from just like a personal thing to more of like a more intentional content creation, like sharing actual value. And then I would say entertainment's always been like intermingled in that for me. But then once short form video really came out, that's where I began to transition into also like a lot of entertainment style stuff too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think the cool thing is that you did build a business first. It wasn't a like, I'm going to be a content creator. It was, I'm going to build a business. And did you, were you doing this full time before you ever went viral? Yes. At what point did you start doing this full time? Like give me a follower count range. That's, I love that you asked that question because this gives me the chance to bust like a myth that I feel like or a misconception I feel like a lot of people have. I was, um, I started in-person coaching for like Gold's Gym like four, over four years ago. I did that for a year and then I did independent in-person coaching. And then like when the gym shut down, right, it's like when I went full-time online. So in 2020, so I've been doing full-time online for like a hot minute now. Mm -hmm. And I, I was a six figure online fitness coach with only 5,000 followers. Like that's just a mic drop moment. Yeah. I just feel like I'm constantly telling everyone and their mother that'll listen. You could stand to lose anyone over hundred K you could stand to lose 20 K followers today. You could stand with 50K followers today and make the same amount of money. Make Mm -hmm. the same amount of money, whether your income is partnerships or if your income is a business. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. So I want to hear more about this journey because I know you've had a whole mindset roller coaster since that whole six-figure fitness coach thing. Tell tell me more. Oh, yeah. So I experienced experienced what I feel like a lot of newbie business owners do, especially in the coaching space um, with like this period of like quantum growth almost. And it was like, it, it did not follow the ordinary trajectory of a business at all. Like I didn't go to business school, but like, I understand this is not normal. Right. Right. In that, um, Every single, like for the first year of my coaching business, every single month was my best month yet. That's not normal. Normal, but it was to me, right? So I was like, I'm untouchable. Like I can, like, I just, it's, it's only like nothing in the world, right? Because I just like. Why does anyone think this is hard? (laughs) Exactly. I was like, it is, but also like it's working, right? Right. Anyway, so that was the first year. Do you think um, that was like a newbie gains period? Because I I definitely feel like, let's relate it back to this gym girl thing. I definitely think that there is this beginning phase of like people realize that you start to do something. They're interested. They're excited. You finally have an offer that people can buy. And And all of a sudden there's madness. Yeah. And they're buying. And then there's a drop off or there's like, you realize something doesn't feel right. Something's not sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. And like, for me, it was like this really interesting phenomenon because even with like the quantum growth, a lot, like the newbie gains phase, a lot of online business owners encounter mine was still like, like still crazy in comparison. And it was really just because I had a lot of people in my audience who I'd been building the trust and authority Mm -hmm. with and like Mm -hmm. 
like unknowingly nurturing for a long time. So the minute that I had an offer in place, everyone was interested in purchasing until all of like the people interested had purchased. And then it was like, Oh, so that was kind of that. Um, yeah. So I was kind of like riding the high and like, I had never experienced burnout before. Um, cause I was still like a beginner business owner. And so I didn't even understand what it looked like, what it felt like. And so instead of recognizing at the end of 2020, that that's where I was at, mm-hmm. I was experiencing just like this weird resistance. I'm sure you can relate. It's just like this weird subliminal resistance and like mm-hmm. all these different things. And it's little, it's little. And yeah, you know, what so sucks? yeah, is you feel like you can push through your brain is like, push yeah. through you're like it's a motivation issue it's just yeah. like it's like a hump you know what I mean you're like oh I just don't feel like doing it so I just need and especially if you're in the fitness space I feel like right like, no matter, like just push through yeah so then I hired a team which was like a completely unaligned business decision for me um mm-hmm. because I like again I made that decision from a place of burnout and also what I felt yes. like I should do right yes so, everyone says scale outsource hire yes and like yes but also you gotta you gotta like it doesn't mean you need to hire a big team like it should make your life easier you know what I mean like delegating and outsourcing should make your life easier so I had all the coaches for a year and it was just like again completely unaligned business decision I had a whole moment where I realized like that's not what I wanted for myself my business I was a year like a year deep I was in so deep at that point too and I was like I can't do it it was kind of like a mutual thing like they didn't really want to stay after a year either yeah so at the end of last year um it was back to just me and I was basically like I I always worded it as like I burned my business down Mm. like on purpose to like rebuild it back up because it was like I had this moment because I basically operated in burnout in a completely unaligned business structure for a year And like that will take, that takes a massive toll. And I had this moment where I literally just like admitted to myself, I was not happy. And like, I don't know if you've ever had to like admit that to yourself. Like I'm genuinely not happy because it's like, I had been before then. Like I loved my business. I loved what I did. I was in like, my marriage was great at the time. You know what I mean? Like everything was good. And I'm like, not happy. And I'm like, oh gosh. Cause then when you admit that you're like, okay, this means something radically has to shift in my life. And then like subconsciously, like you don't want to, I, I'm, 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 I'm big on mindset too. Like I'm a holistic health coach. So I'm big on mindset. So it's like when you finally force yourself to acknowledge, like I'm unhappy or I'm burnt out, then you're also acknowledging that something drastically has to shift. And then subconsciously you're aware of all everything that that's going to require yeah so like I didn't consciously recognize it but subconsciously I was like I'm gonna have to make financial sacrifices I'm going to have to make time sacrifices I'm gonna like I was processing all of that and so anyway so I let my team go and I've spent the past year sort of like rebuilding my business in alignment with what I wanted to look like which is definitely more of like a solopreneur venture just happier that way and also adding this content creation layer on top of it I just like can't relate to that more. I feel like this hit me, I don't know, maybe six months ago. And as someone that is bubbly, and I'm sure you relate to this too, like is just enjoys being happy. Like you're with people and you're lit up and you enjoy joking and laughing and all of that. It's really hard to be like, 
I hate this. I hate this. I'm unhappy. Something doesn't feel right. I put all of this work into something and now literally let's burn it to the ground. Like, yes, it's the work thing. Yeah. Yes. You look back. I was like, I spent a year doing this. Yeah. Everyone's watched me do this. Oh, it's that part. It's going to be perceived as such a failure. But that's the other thing is like a lot of the business decisions I made, like at the end of that year, were made not because it's what I intrinsically wanted, right? Because it's what I felt like was expected of me or what Mm -hmm. I should do. Or what would, I definitely still felt like I had something to prove as well. So I think a lot of the decisions I made was to try to prove to people, like, because at the time I was like 24, something like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was young. Yeah. And I was a college dropout. I'm a college dropout. And I was like, I just think I also wanted to prove to people. Yeah, absolutely. But it's like, just because you can do something doesn't mean you have to do it. You know what I mean? Especially coming out of hmm, everything that you're saying is like preaching to the choir for me because- I mean, I was also in the gym world, which is heavily uh, male dominated. And I would walk into conversations and be like, yeah, I back squat 230. And like, that was my way of being like, I have credibility. I have credibility. Listen to me, you big man. And let's actually have a conversation because I I have a brain. I understand how to do this. I blah, blah, blah. So there was a lot Mm -hmm. of like chip on my shoulder compensation going into yes. everything else after that. Yep. Yep. And that can, that just like overrides everything because it's like, then you are essentially just like, do you're doing it for other people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like nothing will make you unhappier than not being true to yourself and what you actually want. And it makes it so much harder. Like I, I don't even know. I don't even know if I ever really understood exactly what I did want out of my business. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you just want to I think for a while. Yeah. You just wanted to win your business. And that was that. was yeah. that. It wasn't about you. It wasn't about your intuition. It was about let's win. Yes. I, I think it's so hard being on social media because your learning curve is on display. Every step you take, your learning curve is on display. And yep. you have all of these people watching you through the good and the bad and just being perceived as hard. Like that sounds so yeah. silly, but being perceived is hard. It is. And even if you tell yourself, like, I don't care what people think. In here, you care. Yeah. And even yeah. if there are people who even act like super supportive and like they're there for you and they understand and you just like, they're, they're still going to like, not all, not all, but they're still the ones who are going to like have their opinion and like talk behind mm-hmm. your back. And like, it just is what, I mean, it's kind of like, even though you're kind of signing up for that with social media, it, it doesn't mean it makes it any less sucky. <laughs> it's just an added layer of complication, you know, to like right. running an online business on a social media platform. Right. So you burned it all down and you've gone through this amazing rebuilding phase. Tell me, tell me more. Where did you start in, in building a business that felt like it was intuitively correct? Yeah. So I really just like kind of started asking myself, like, what do I want to do? What do I feel like doing? What is like actually exciting? What do I want to show up for? And I think it's also really tricky because you do admittedly as a business owner, like you, you have to make money. I was, I, I was like the primary breadwinner. So like the financial, I didn't have the luxury of just being like, 
I'm only going to do the things I feel like doing, even if they don't make me money. Yeah. Because it was like still a really valid factor to think about. So like trying to balance both of those, right? So doing things and like figuring out like what part of it made me the most happy, which is interesting because what I really discovered did light me up a lot was like creation and like creating things, mm-hmm. um, whether it was like, you know, workshops and masterclasses or like client resources or like content, stuff like that, right? The content, I love coaching, don't get me wrong. But like, as far as my um, like archetype as an entrepreneur, I feel like creator yeah. is like a big one. And, you know, the creation- Are you just the Amanda Bucci archetypes? Yes. About? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked with her. I worked with Amanda as my business coach for a period of time. And then she actually hired me as her fitness coach for a period of time. So it's, oh, yeah, 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 she's awesome. No way. I followed her for forever. I, okay. We're going to link the Amanda Bucci entrepreneurial creator to, or not creator, uh, entrepreneurial archetype quiz down below. Yeah. So I figured out like, I love the creation and it's so interesting because I didn't realize that. And I think when I became a business owner, especially when I hired a team and was forced into this very much like managerial leadership, right. Manage. Yeah. Like management piece, which is one thing I didn't like. Um, Mm. it's just like, having to manage people. I don't like it. I figured yeah. that out. Um, totally. So I, it very much forces you into your like masculine energy. Being a business mm-hmm. owner, period, forces yep. you into a lot of like masculine um, energy, which is not a bad thing because like the masculine is what like builds and provides structure. And like it, it's necessary as a business owner. But I think I was operating almost in, like an unhealthy level of masculine energy that I had, I didn't, I didn't even understand. Like how so there, I was so out of my for you, Based on what I felt actually, did you feel a, once you hit that point, did you feel a block in your masculine energy where you actually just couldn't use it anymore? Because that's what I felt. I felt such a decision paralysis in my yeah. business when I hit burnout that like I was operating fully in whimsical, like I need rest and all of that. And I couldn't, like, I physically couldn't move forward. I think like, I, um, I, I think I, I would word it as like, I just started to experience a lot of resistance towards things that required mm-hmm. my masculine energy. And for me, it manifested as like a lot of avoidance. And I didn't realize mm-hmm. it at the time. Right. So it wasn't like a healthy relaxation step back. It was like a really toxic like avoidance of like responsibility and things that needed done which only like made things worse mine was right? and then it just makes you like, <laughs> like yourself like wow I'm like such a crappy business owner I like I'm not doing the things I need to do I'm not showing up the way that I need to and you like blame yourself not realizing anyway so it was just like in the masculine the toxic unhealthy masculine for so long that it's like I didn't end the, and the creative is very much like a feminine thing yep. right um and so I think that's one reason I was so unhappy because I didn't even realize that was like such a core piece of like who I am and I should have known like I grew up like I was in performing arts and like I'd always love to draw <laughs> and create and, like I was a musician like I no, should have you know, known like, oh. it, and it's always right in front of you like that's what's so hard and in my courses a lot of the time I'll be like hey go ask your significant other go ask your mom go ask your best friend what are you good at because let them let them sing praises about all the things that you don't even realize. Yep. It's a good perspective shifter. So yeah, I think once I was finally like out of the masculine and I had the opportunity to step into the feminine again, that's when I realized like, oh, wow, I really do love creating. I shouldn't have the space and the opportunity to do it in the business structure I had. And that's, I think, another reason I got so burnt out because I was just, it was also out of alignment with who like I 
just like really am. Right. As a, as a human being. So you stepped into creation more, you started working through your business and you had a couple mega viral hits. Let's talk about that for a second. I I have like many pivots in this conversation coming. I'm like, I want to get to the pre-workout poops. Everyone listening is like, what? Yeah. So this girl right here talks about poop on her story more than anyone I know, (laughs) which maybe isn't hard, but like, I, I think that's such an important piece of your presence is the authenticity involved. You are so you from the like pre-workout jamming to the dubstep beats <laughs> to the like every, everything that you do. So like, how did you get to that point where you were so comfy being mm. you? I like that you asked that because I like talking about this. I It's like such an interesting dichotomy too because I grew up like I was kind of like the social I was not the popular kid I was like the super weird homeschooled kid you know like you feel and like yeah I just struggled a lot with like people accepting me and like feeling wanted and things like that so I would admittedly do a lot of things to try to fit in um, that were, I, I didn't feel like it was safe to be myself you know what I mean so that's like what we believe I had for a long time and I actually think there's going to be people who it's the opposite case for, but I think for me, social media actually helps me to overcome that belief and show mm. me like it was acceptable to be myself. Um, not because I was always accepted when I was myself, but because of the amount of people that like did accept me and like show me like really wasn't that bad. Like there are people who really like you for you. So I have always kind of been like that on social media. I think it really started like the catalyst for that really started when they introduced Instagram stories mm. because I was a fiend on Instagram. I would post <laughs> like a day. I can't, we can't do that anymore because it's like they punish you. Like you have to like condense it and be super strategic. And it's like my biggest pet peeve. So I feel like it just makes it so much harder to be authentic. Right. But I did this. So I would post all the time. I posted like, I started like posting really funny, like rants and being like silly and then I would do, um, like, people would call it, like, my signature Zoom. It's, like, a millennial thing that, like, the Gen Zers judge us for, like, the Zoom. I really don't care. Like, the I Zoom? Think it's, like, the, like, Zooming? Yeah. Like, the Zoom on your face. Like, it's, like, a... They call that a millennial thing? thing? Supposedly. This is why I'm on not on the TikTok. I'm not on a TikToker. I don't, know, I don't know these insults that they're flinging nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, we do it anyway. So... So yeah, I did that. And I think that's another thing that like helped me build a lot of trust with my audience and like a really good connection. So then I just had always been doing it on Instagram stories and that's like every single day almost. I would yeah. just like show up and like share something and it like also helped me really develop my sense of humor and like my mm-hmm. own brand of like brand of comedy and like authenticity and like things like that. So until it just became so second nature that it was like I would just share things and I wouldn't even think twice about it. Like, cause there were times starting off where I'd be like, oh, I'd like second guess. Like when I would share something really authentic or like a little out there and I was like, oh, I don't know. Right. Weird. Are people going to think I'm like. Too much. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, now here we are taking selfies on the toilet, asking people if they. Literally every day. (laughs) Do you have anyone blocked on your story? Um, if I do, it's not, it's like, yeah, maybe. But like, I don't, I don't think anyone like significant yet. 
I'm curious because I feel like that's a huge piece of advice. If you're feeling uncomfy on your story and so worried about the perception is like, block your mother-in-law, block your, you know, mean girl. My family personally is not on social media. And then Mm -hmm. my husband's family, only the younger ones are on social media. So I think that makes it easy for me. They get (laughs) it. Yeah. You you don't have to show up to Thanksgiving and talk about your pre-workout poops. Right. So back to back to the viral videos because you had you had some mega viral hits gained like 30k on Instagram pretty quickly. I want to hear more about finding that comedy style that works for you because you really weren't going for trending audio. You found one song and did it a billion and five times. Um yeah, so like that happened and then I was like, "Oh, I have followers now." Like I didn't even consider myself a <laughs> TikToker, and then that happened, and I gained like sixty thousand followers on TikTok, and I was like, "Oh my god, oh, I guess I'm a TikToker now." I guess I guess I'm a short form <laughs> video creator now. Like I can't just not I can't just have six thousand followers and not post anything. So I was like, right. "What do I want to post?" And I was like, "Okay, yeah, I can post like some educational content, but I was like, I really want to post like funny stuff. Like mm-hmm. I I don't know, like my husband and I have always had like really great senses of humor. I feel like, um, and I don't know, I just. I, I, that's the kind of content I enjoy consuming. And I was like, that's what I want to create. So I just kind of played around with it. And I did like start off by doing a lot of like lip sync funny stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I branched out and I started doing more skit type stuff, like more original ideas. And I have to give like my, I have to give my friends some credit for that too. Cause I have a really great, like, fun group of content creators mm-hmm. and I learned like a lot of stuff from them because they're like way more seasoned than I was at that point mm-hmm. um and so I would say like I would kind of categorize my brand of comedy as almost like misdirection humor like that's probably like the underlying theme of the whole thing like sarcasm and like misdirection and I remember my, one of my friends Oscar when I was like dude like how do you make such good skits like where do you how do you come up with it? He was like, just think of something normal that would happen, like ordinary that would happen and then how it would normally end and then just make it end in a completely different way. And I was like, oh, Oh, click. I love that. Yeah. I started doing that. I was like, okay. And then it's one of those things, like the more you do it, the more you get the head of it. So it's like a book from there. I love everything that you've done. I because I think you're so smart about the integration of like funny content and building this business and and just doing your thing in general. So my last question for you to wrap this all up is in this soul searching process as a creator that's working to build this dream business online, what is your best piece of advice for leaning into your intuition and doing it yourself Mm. I would just say like get really comfortable with you you know what I mean like don't (laughs) like really really don't try to like be anyone else out there like you can take things from other people you can be inspired by other people you can like but don't try to just copy people or like make yourself into someone else You can, like, look at their brand of humor and be like, oh, I want, like, I want my brand of comedy to be similar to theirs. I want to emulate it without, like, Mm -hmm. copy-pasting. And, like, really view those people as, like, markers of possibility versus, like, a Mm -hmm. copy-paste. 
sort of thing. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, just like really don't be afraid to be yourself. It is scary. There's usually a lot of like subconscious beliefs and stuff you have to work through. But that's like the most, that, that's the best way to go about doing it because then it really feels so much more effortless. You don't have to like show up and be like, okay, I need to, you know, put on my mask or like mm-hmm. this persona or whatever. It's whatever you share is going to be like authentically yourself. And yes, there's going to be people who don't resonate with it. That's inevitable. But there's going to be all the more people who resonate with it so much more deeply. Because if you, you know, if you're making everyone happy or if you're attracting, what is it? If you're attracting everyone, you're attracting no one. Like, yeah, you have to, you have to be yourself enough to repel some people. So you can like more strongly attract people who really do want to be in your sphere. So true. Such amazing advice. Megan, where can we find you? I am on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. I guess I have to say that now too, but at um, Megan, M-E-G-A-N dot weights, W-A-I-T-S. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I love this conversation. I think it's so important. And if you loved it, come find us both on Instagram. Come chat further. We would love to chat more about this and we will catch you next time on another episode of Brand Me Creator. 